Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Philippians 2, reading verses 5 through 7 as we begin. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, whom, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of a man. There is so, so, so much to unpack here. We're gonna focus in on just a couple verses there and our subject tonight we're focusing in on is living poured out. Living poured out. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to be in this house I pray, Lord, that your words would be spoken, that your perfect words would be spoken through an imperfect vessel, that each and every heart, each and every mind, God would be just honed in and focused on what you're trying to do in this place today. We honor you, Lord, we love you, we worship you, we give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Living poured out. Before we go to the meat of our subject, we're going to lay a little bit of a foundation. He says in this verse, let this mind be in you. Let this one. Turn to somebody and point to your head and say, this one. This mind. Not a mind, not a direction, not a thought, not a process. But he says, let this mind. Now, as he says that, that gives us a bit of haste, or it should, that the following verses are very, very important because he's telling us, this mind be in you. And when we look at that phrase, this mind, in the original text, we get definitions and phrases like, I think. So let this thought be in you. And it also says to direct the mind to. So let your mind be directed to as he did. It also says to seek for. So let this search be also in you. It also says, lastly, I care for. So let these cares be in you too. So when we look at this and we say, this mind, let this mind be in you. 
We must ever be so careful because he's not just talking about a mind or a brain, but he's talking about an entire set of ideas. Let these things fill your mind, the things that are good, the things that are just, the things that are of a good report, of lovely. Let this pursuit, let these cares, let this direction of your mind be set and settled. I was listening to a podcast recently And I would give it credit, but I don't remember what it was. Um, But there was a phrase in there that really struck with me. Um, They were talking about Facebook or social media algorithms. We've all heard this term, algorithms. An algorithm is just a fancy term for a formula. It's a mathematical formula that takes variables that you've looked at. It takes the things that you've looked at, you've watched, You've hesitated for just a second and then scrolled by. You've commented on, you've shared, you've liked anything you interacted with. It takes all that data and puts it in this formula, and then it will try and predict what you like. It'll be like, well, you liked all these things, all these things. Here's your common thread. So I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about it. Most of you, I'm about to lose, but I promise we're not going to be here very long. So... And he said one thing. He said, so the goal of an algorithm is to get you to spend more time on our platform. And the guy immediately, the other, the other gentleman immediately interrupted him and said, no, 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 it's far simpler than that. He said, the goal of an algorithm is just to get your attention. He said, because if it can get your attention, it'll get your time. He said, I'm not worried. It's far too complicated to try to get time out of an individual. But if I can just get your attention, it's over. If I can, going back to our definitions, if he can get his mind directed where he wants you to go, you'll forget about time. Because if you can set your mind on the things that are coming in front of you, then your time will go there. Your resources will go there. Your thoughts will always be there. So that mind... Not this mind. That mind will be in you if you're not careful. Do you ever feel like you're being pulled in so many directions? Everything you look at, one thing's pulling you to fear. One thing's pulling you to be excited. One thing's pulling you to pull your hair out. One thing's doing this and one thing, and then you've got this with the kids and you've got that with your job and you got this and you got that and you're being pulled in so many directions. So many things vying for your attention. Look this way. Look that way. Check this out. Look over here. What's going on over there? Oh, you missed something. You forgot something. You forgot a kid at church. You missed this. You did that. Oh, look, you left the pantry open, and now there's oats everywhere. So we have all these things trying to get our attention. They're trying so hard just to get you to look, just to get you for a moment to look. Because if you look and you're interested, you'll look back. And then you'll look again. And then all of a sudden, you're pointed that way. And then you're moving that direction. Psalms 27 and verse 4, familiar verse says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing. And we opened with, let this mind. 
It's a singular, singular nature that I want to highlight because the word says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if you don't have a singular pursuit, a singular attention, if you will, then we will be unstable, we'll be off balance, we'll be hesitant, we'll be frustrated, we'll be anxious, we'll be afraid. And the reason I want to really hone in on this is because you can only pursue one thing at a time. Now, I am all about, you can ask my wife, trying to multitask. All about it. I overflowed a cup of coffee Sunday because of it. I'll go and I'll fill our pitcher up with water, turn the, it's like a challenge. And we do it in life if we're not careful, if you're anything like me, which I pray you're not. But I'll turn the water on so the pitcher will start to filter and then I'll run over here and I'll turn the coffee on and I'll run over here and grab a skillet and I'll grab some out of the fridge, throw it in the skillet, move here, move there. And I've got seven irons in the fire before I realize one of those irons has burnt me. But the reality is I can only do one thing at one time. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to trick the system. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But what I'm trying to do is put this on autopilot and then run over here. Nobody's driving that car. I run over here and I try to do this. And then I try to do this. And then that one got out of control while I was over here. And then I do this and then I do that. And we do the same thing in life sometimes, don't we? We try to multitask. We try to get all these things going at the same time. While all the while, all this noise has drowned out a still small voice that says, hey, I'm right here. I'd love to spend some time with you. I'd love, you know, nothing. I'm a very visual person, and we'll get to more of that later. But nothing just melts my heart more than when one of my kids will just come up and sit next to me and say, I just want to sit by you. And that's exactly what God wants. He just wants you to come up and say, you know what? I just wanted to spend some time with you. There's tons of other stuff I could be doing but I can only pursue one thing at once. So if I'm setting my pursuits and my attention and my resources, my thoughts on everything else, there's one thing I'm not pursuing. One thing I'm not pursuing. It is a good thing when God is a priority in your life, when God is a priority in your life. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. But the most important thing is to get to the point where he is not a priority in your life. He is the priority in your life. Where we do not judge decisions based on, can I get this to fit and still serve God? I'm not going down this road any direction you think we're going here. But I just want to say, maybe sometimes we should see, can I take this out and can I still be okay? Can I take this hobby out? Can I take this garment of clothes out? Can I take this idea? Can I take this mentality? Can I take this album? Can I take this TV show? Can I take all this out? Am I going to make it? Because if we do the opposite, we're stuffing these things in this box and asking God to do something. We're trying to stuff him out of the box. We're trying to add all these things and say, God, you still there? Okay, good. I'll add you something else. You still okay? I started a new show. You okay with that? I started some new subscriptions. You okay with that? And there's so much noise. There's so much pursuing of everything else. We don't hear his voice. It is essential that he is the only pursuit. 
Matthew 6 and 24, it says, no man can serve two masters. He'll cling to one. He will hate the one, love the other, or he will hold the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. When we look at the word mammon there, it is money, as we often think, but it goes a little bit deeper, and it talks about possessions as well, and it talks about property as well. God and mammon are usually moving in different directions, and again, we can only pursue one thing at a time. So if there are things in my life, possessions in my life, that hold so much value that I turn to pursue them as opposed to pursuing God. That's an issue. That's a problem. I'm not living my life in a way that honors him if I'm living my life in a way that he always sees my back, not my face. When we do this a lot of times, and we become pretty good at it, we become pretty good, and I say we, I'm including myself, This has stepped on my toes a lot these last time. But we get really good at pursuing lots of different things at the same time. And we relate it back to, well, God is still my priority. God is still most of my decisions. God is still a good portion of what I care about. He still gets some of my time. He still gets percentage of my money. He still gets a little bit of my thoughts and intentions and all this stuff, but we get really good at chasing our own dreams. We chase and we say, God, what about my plans? What about my thoughts? What about the things that I would like to do? So we pursue our dreams And then we try his will because it doesn't work out. And then we pursue the things that we really would like to do. And then that didn't work out. That was a mess. So, God, I'm coming back. And then we get pulled here and pulled there, back and forth and back and forth. And this process can leave us feeling exhausted. You get to the end of the day and you're like, I am spent. I'm out. I have taken everything I got and it's out there. But the issue is, We've spent it on the wrong stuff. Not that it's sin. Not that it's not something that you shouldn't spend time on or resources. But we've spent too much. We've given too much emphasis. Now, this is where we're going to get to the meat. And I really pray I can convey this how I feel it. We get back to our opening text in Philippians 2. Reading verse 7. So that is this mind, right? That is the mentality. One pursuit. Focusing in. Saying, God, if there's anything in my life you need to remove, remove it. Because I want to pursue you and you alone. Because I only have one way I can face. I can't look at two things. So that is this mind, right? That is the focus of living poured out. It's intentional. It's effective. It's with passion. Not passive. So we look at that. He made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of God. When we read that, and and I felt the meat of this for a long time, and this verse really helped me. We look at that from the interlinear, which that is, all that is, is a fancy word that says, I'm reading it from the original text straight to English. There's no rearranging to make it sound good, There's no 
adding of things. It is strictly to the point. It says, but himself emptied. The form of a servant having taken in, the likeness of men having been made. I want to focus in on that first phrasing really closely. But himself emptied. He emptied himself. To have this mind is to be emptied out. To be emptied out. Now that takes us to our illustrations. Just so we were talking about earlier about that feeling of being spent, right? We get to the end of the day and our cup, it's empty. I don't have any energy. I don't have any brain power. I just want to go hide. Give me some time. There used to be some stuff there. Where'd that go? I spent it all. And when we get to live a life where we are living poured out, I was praying about this the other day, and I won't say it was a vision. I'll just say it was God helping me to see the things that I was feeling. And I saw, I felt this way. I felt so like I was chasing my tail, like there wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough of me. There was not enough of me to do what I thought I should do. And then I was praying about it and thinking, and, and all of a sudden I saw a cup, and it was poured out and empty. And then it went back, and it was filled up. And then it went emptied, filled up, emptied. I just, again and again, three, four, five times, just saw a cup to be poured out and to be poured back in, again and again. And I'd love to say I got revelation right then about something wonderful, but it took time. And, and over time, it, I really thought about what is the purpose of a cup, right? We are vessels to his presence, right? We are the houses of the Holy Spirit. We are vessels. We hold that. So what is the purpose of a cup? The purpose of this cup is to be filled up, to hold liquid until the appropriate moment, and then be poured out. I know we're super deep, but think about that. The purpose of this cup, that's it. That is it. There's no other purpose for this cup than to be filled up, held with liquid at whatever level, and poured back out. And that is our purpose as well. In the hands of the king, we are cups. And we love to think about that when, oh, yeah, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Give me blessings. Bless my job. Bless my family. Give me a fat bank account. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Fill it, fill it, fill it. But the purpose of the cup is not just to be filled up. It's to be poured out. And the cup is poured out on something other than itself. This cup, when it's filled with water, it does what? It serves me. It doesn't serve itself. It only serves the needs of somebody else. And that's our purpose. And you may think that sounds kind of grim and unfortunate and depressing. But the thing about the cup is, it doesn't make the liquid it's filled with. It doesn't have to provide any of that. It gets filled with that. And when it gets filled with that is when? When it's close to the source. So when I get close to him, when I feel empty, 
when I feel like there ain't nothing left in this cup. But then I come right back up to my father and I say, God, I'm empty. I'm spent. I need some favor. I need some peace. I need love. I need hope. I need joy. I need God, you. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? You get some water in your cup. You get some blessings in your cup. The things you're praying about, you get some of that. Well, then, what's the purpose of the cup? Well, I saw this lady that had a flat tire. She was having a bad day. Well, I got a hundred bucks in my console, so there you go. But now I'm back to empty. But then I come back to the source, and he fills me up again. And then I, got the, then I got some stuff. I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, I got this coworker at work. They're really having it rough. So I want to pour out some peace. I want to take a few moments of my attention and my love and say, you know what? I'm here for you. Here's some hope. Here's some peace. But now I'm empty again. So what do I do? I go back to the source. And I get some more. And that's the only purpose this cup has. Is to go to the source. Get some stuff. And then pour it out at the appropriate moments to those that need it. What they need. And that's it. So it can be sobering to think about that. For me it is. Because it feels like exhausting. I'm filled up, Lord. I'm feeling good, and then I'm empty. I'm filling up, and I'm feeling empty. But he said, this is the mind that has to be in you to be emptied out. Because Jesus came as the original plan to do what? Give every single drop. He came and said, you know what? There's a need here. There's a big bill that's come in for all this sin. I'll just come in and pour myself out. The Lord of glory that has everything decided, I'm going to come in and meet you where you are. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. With one caveat, you've been freely given, so freely give away some more. Because your cup will never run dry. It may feel like you just got one teensy tiny drop. It may feel like you got 50 cents left at the end of the month, but you know what? You made it. It may feel like you got one last nerve that is not shot, but he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind has stayed on him. It won't make sense because you look at it and you're like, man, somebody else's cup is a lot more full than mine. But we are to be in this mind, pouring and pouring. Because do you know what happens? You know what happens when this cup isn't fulfilling its purpose? When I fill this cup up, right? And like I said, I hope I can articulate this in a way. When we get this cup in our life, right? And God starts to bless us. And he starts to give us things. And he starts to financially bless us and bless us in our family and bless us in a relationship with him and peace and joy. 
And then once it gets full to where we're satisfied, this is my cup. This is my stuff. God, all these possessions, all these things, this is mine. This joy, this peace, all this money is mine. I gave you 10%, Lord, and I threw some in the offering. What more do you want? This is my cup. I did what I was supposed to do, and this is mine. You know what happens in the physical sense. We're going to illustrate this in the physical sense. If I filled this cup with water, set it in here somewhere, and let it sit there, you know what would happen? I heard it, and I love it. You're with me, whoever you said that. But what happens is carbon dioxide that's in the air begins to permeate this cup of water, and it begins to change the pH level. You ever had a cup of water you found, and you're not sure how long it's been there, and you took a drink, and you're like, ooh, that does not taste right, because that water is stagnant. Because the atmosphere around this cup, when it's not moving, begins to permeate inside of it. Because if this cup is not moving, the things that are outside this cup begin to get inside of it. Then you know what happens? Then I begin to struggle with things because I'm, I got the lid on my cup. But all the while, I think I'm holding blessings. There's some things that got inside there and started to ferment, started to permeate. These things around me can't affect me if I'm pouring out. If I fill with fresh water and pour it out, fill with fresh water and pour it out, there will never be any bacteria or anything come in that cup because it's in motion. And that's the way God has designed our lives to be in motion. Never sitting on blessings and saying, this is mine selfishly, but pouring out. So after 12 hours, carbon dioxide will begin to permeate this cup, the water within the cup, and it will start to lower the pH levels to where it is noticeably a different taste. The taste of it has completely changed. What happens if I take this water? It would take a very long time naturally, but roll with me here. If I take this water, or stagnant water, water that was meant to be poured out, water was meant to be shared as blessings and as hope and as love, when I let it sit there for too long, and then I try to scoop it and give a drink to my brother, what happens? I just gave him something that was not right because there's bacteria growing in there. There's some things growing in there that I didn't know about. So... You'll begin to get bacteria and viruses developing in stagnant water. And then do you know what happens? We're going to go a little further down this road. Then what happens is bacteria, viruses. What do bacteria and viruses invite? Mosquitoes. Dragonfly larvae. A whole slew of things that we just love around here. So that water that was meant to be moving... Because I put a lid on it. Because I said, this is my water. This is my blessings. This is my money. This is mine, 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 mine. It became stagnant. The atmosphere permeated. The things of this world began to get inside this cup when they never would have if I'd have poured it out like I was supposed to. Then bacteria grows. Viruses grow. And then you've got mosquitoes. You've got dragonfly. You've got all this nasty stuff breeding in this water, the stagnant, nasty water. Then what happens? This is the part where we, get, where we get good. Those mosquitoes hatch. Where do they go? 
they share those germs with the world. So what was meant to be pure water poured out as blessings now has left stagnant because of my selfishness. And it has grown bacteria. It has grown viruses. And not only that, but there are things that have grown. So then because of my stagnation, things grew. And now it's causing gossip. And now it's causing strife because that mosquito came out of my stagnant water and bit Zach. Now Zach's talking about Cole. Cole's talking about Katie. It's going crazy. All because I was selfish and said, this is my stuff. This is my stuff. And when you get to the point where mosquitoes and all that, in a spiritual sense, are starting to hatch and starting to share and spread all of this, you can't control it anymore. It's too late. So you got to go and get back to the source. I'm skipping down here a little bit, media. The contents of this cup are more important than this cup. All right? I don't love this cup as much as what I put in this cup. Matthew 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. The blind, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first what is within the cup and the platter, and the outside of them may be clean also. We cannot spend so much. I'm putting this down because I'm getting too deep in this. We, we cannot spend so much time cleaning up the outside, making it look so good and so nice, while all the while we're holding on to stagnant water. We're not being poured out. We're not living poured out. We're holding all of this. And on the outside, it may look good. Boy, you got fresh threads on. You got the right house. You got the right car. You got the right this. You got the right that. But inside, there's stagnant water where stuff's starting to grow. Stuff's starting to hatch. And then it's starting to spread. The good news about the contents in the cup is this. John 1, 45. Philip finds Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, Come and see. So he came up and said, We found the thing. This is it. This is life. This is hope. This is the promise. This is all of it. And he looked at the outside of the cup and said, from the other side of the tracks? Are you kidding me? Do you realize how that sounds? He can't come from Nazareth. Nothing comes from Nazareth. So do not let the, the opinions of your cup worry you. When people say, well, I don't know about them, them folks, you know, from that church. You know who I'm talking about. It's us. I don't know about them. They're just weird. They're just this. They're just that. Don't, don't try to convince them. Just go over and pour some love. Just go over and pour some hope. Just go over and say, you know what? 
I know we've been talking about this, and it's a rough time right now. Can I pray with you? It's just pouring out. And then all of a sudden, the look of that cup don't matter, nothing. But what matters is the contents that's in this cup. It doesn't matter that it's just a plastic pink cup he's carrying around. What matters is it's a vessel that holds the liquids the way it's supposed to, and it pours out the way that God has intended it to. This mind must be in us. It's hard. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Now, I skipped a section. Psalms 23 and verse 5. Thou preparest a table for me, before me, in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Matthew Henry's commentary on this, I like it. It's simple, but I like it. It says, my cup runs over for myself and for my friends too. I like that. I like that. And and the cool thing about this, what I really like about this, you ever have those people that they just look at you and you're like, I don't know what it is, but I just like being around you. It's because your cup is spilling all over them. Because your cup runs over. And then all of a sudden, they're feeling peace they've never felt before. They're feeling joy. They have no idea where it came from. Because that cup that you got is full, and it's spilling out all over the place. But we must be careful not to put a lid on it and say, that cup is full. I'm keeping it that way. Because I like my cup full. I don't like to live this whole empty, full, empty, full, empty, full hills and valley thing like that weird preacher with the pink cup was talking about. I want to get this cup full, and I want to keep it full. But what happens then is it stagnates, and the people around us don't feel that, but rather they feel that stagnant water that's growing inside of you, those things that are toiling and burling up inside of you that do not belong there. And when you're on the move, when you're pouring out blessings, when you're poor, when you are happier for blessings for other people than you are for yourself, that's living poured out. When you can look at somebody and say, man, that is a sweet car, and you look at your little thing over there, and you're happier for them than you would be if you had that car. You're happier for someone else that's living in a healing that maybe you think you deserved. Maybe you think, well, it's the same God, right? Why didn't I? God, that cup is empty. Theirs is full. I don't get it. You just got to go back to the source. You got to go back to that source. Because when you're at the source, it doesn't matter what's in your cup. You don't control what's in your cup. You don't get to pick and choose and say, God, I want $5 more an hour. I want a really nice car. I want a really nice house in a nice neighborhood. And then you'll have me. Stagnation's already hit there. There's already stuff breeding. But the cup just opens up and says, whatever you need to pour into this. God, whatever you need to pour into my life, pour it. If it's a situation that leads me to where I can empathize with someone who's walking through a really, really hard time, that's what it's like to live poured out. That's what it's like to live poured out, is to walk through a valley so you can meet somebody else in that valley and say, listen, I know how you feel. I understand what's going on. Let's go to the source. Can we stand for a minute? I, I, I want us just to...
just to seal this. I, I want, and I hope I explain it in a way that, it, that you understand it. And I want it to take root. I want it to take root in a way that says, I'm going to pray that God gives me opportunities to pray with my neighbor, which is so weird, right? Who prays with their neighbor? But who lets their cup spill out and flow over everything? That's the life that's poured out. The life that's poured out says, I want to give financial blessings. Even when I may not have excess, I will. It may not look how I want it to, but I will. So for a few minutes, just right where you are, I want us to pray together and say, God, let this mind to be in me. I want this mind to permeate everything about me. I want to look for opportunities to bless other people, not for look for opportunities to bless myself. I want to look for opportunities to pour myself out, to give my attention, to give my the love that you have given me, the peace that you have given me, the joy that you have given me, all of this stuff that you're pouring into me, God. I want to freely give it to everybody else. I want, when I walk around, this cup to be sloshing around and spilling hope on everybody and spilling just what they need. And God, if it causes me if it requites me to live a little bit lower than I would like to live, then so be it. I want to live poured out. I want to live being filled by the source and pouring into others. Because it's more blessed to give than receive. Because you have told us this mind must be in you to pour out, to be emptied for the sake of others, to love others first, my neighbor as myself. So Lord, in this place today, I pray each and every heart would feel your presence drawing them that they might be a cup that's able to be used, that they might be a cup that's willing to be poured out, that's willing to go wherever, to whomever, and give whatever that you have called need of. God, right now, every heart, every mind, God, right now. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.